Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Feed Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. I need some water. That's what I really need. You got a one line in. You already need water. I know. I, that, was, that was a hard line to get down. When you go to a concert, uh, you don't see the uh, singer say, hey, 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 New York, and then have water. They, they're ready to go. It takes a couple songs. Well, that's why they're seasoned professionals making millions, and I am not. <laughs> Sounds like you're ready. Uh, let's uh, make our way around the charts. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the Hot 100, uh, Billboard 200, new number one. Uh, lots of new number ones on other Billboard charts, too. Country Airplay, uh, adult R&B songs, dance club songs, uh, huge milestone at number one on that chart. Uh, a couple interesting debuts on the rock charts. And a uh, special guest, we're going to go back, uh, 1964, Martha Reeves, her huge hit uh, with the Vandellas, Dancing in the Street. Had a nice chat with Martha about the song. Um, I mean, a lot of fun details. Um, you know, and the song's been out for 54 years, but she still obviously plays it in all her live sets, still brings the audience a lot of joy. And, you know, it's one of those songs that, you know, all artists in a lot of ways really just hope for that kind of song that, that resonates half a century later still, and everybody knows it. And, of course, um, one of the nice things about it for a lot of generations, they've been introduced to it through a lot of covers, and she talks about some of those as well. So she really, talks about the the Mick Jagger David Bowie cover. Yep, that's probably the most famous version uh, for sure that a lot of kids in the the mid '80s would have known. So we talk about yeah all of that and just uh, how timeless a record it is. It really wasn't supposed to be a Martha and the Vandellas record. So we'll talk about one of the all time great artists who was supposed to record it. He passed it along, and now it is uh, forever linked with Martha and the Vandellas. All right, it's all coming up on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Right now, as always, this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I don't really want no friends. He trying to 69 like the Number eight. Number seven. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Yeah. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. Number six. I did half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a light, hey, like a light, hey, like a light. Number five. 
apart, I'm staying too close. You gon' fuck around and drown off this way. Doing all these shows. Number four. I don't care where I go, long as I get paid. Bad little fight, she been on my mind. Soon as I get back, she can stay. Do this all the way. I am better now, better now. Number three. Number one. That's number one for a fourth week in a row. That is Maroon 5 and the song Girls Like You featuring our friend Cardi B. Of course, as most uh, chart watchers will know, this song really driven by radio. And as a matter of fact, we need the little like sound effect. Where is it? We have some chart history to go with it. There's our high-tech sound effect. Yeah, we really got to get off this freeware version. So Maroon 5, number one for a 12th week on radio songs with Girls Like You. Um, among duo and group acts, of which Maroon 5 is one, that is the longest number one on radio songs this entire well, decade, really. Century, Century really. yeah. You know, the, the O's and the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, only 20 years in, but already making making an established mark. The last song to spend more than 12 weeks at number one by a duo or group. You have to go all the way back to 1999. And that was when TLC was on top of the world with no scrubs. Yeah, you think about that. You think other Maroon 5 hits, moves like Jagger, uh, Destiny's Child, Black Eyed Peas, all, all these huge hits uh, by groups since 2000. This is the biggest one. Most weeks at number one. On radio songs. And of course, with girls like you at number one, that means our friend Cardi B once again is part of the number one song in the country. And cue up that sound effect again, Gary, because that means we have another piece of chart history happen. This is a history making podcast right here. You play it once, it sounds okay. When you play it twice, now it's, yeah, we probably do need something a little more, a little more fan- oh, fancy. How's that for a segue? Never turn down nothing. Slaying these hoes, gold trigger on a gun. Like, So uh, Cardi B gets her eighth career week at number one on the Hot 100. So four weeks now for Girls Like You. Uh, She had one week at number one with I Like It with Bad Bunny and J Balvin. And uh, last year, three weeks at number one with Bodak Yellow, her debut hit. So eight weeks at number one on the Hot 100 total for Cardi B. That's the most among female rappers ever. She passes Iggy Azalea this week, who got seven. And that was all with Fancy, her debut hit uh, with Charlie XCX. You know, it's female rappers on the Hot 100. They're they're not too many have had success, uh, big success over the years. So uh, you say eight weeks to seven. That's it, it. Doesn't sound like a huge amount, but that's the most anyone's ever had for a female rapper. So it's history. All right. Something else to note that you guys heard in the top ten recap. As we mentioned last week, one of the songs that we were really keeping an eye on for this week was Little Baby and Gunna. The song "Drip Too Hard." And uh, you know, I don't want to say that I saw it coming, but we predicted that song was going to have a big jump just really based off the streams that the song was registering already through the midweek of last week. And uh, yeah, the song is blown up. Now it's in the top five of the Hot 100, jumping from number 25 last week all the way to number four. Streaming, of course, powering that, the number one stream song in the country this week. Uh, just as the album, Little Baby and Gunna's collaboration, Drip Harder, debuts at number two on the Billboard 200 also was the top streamed album of the week. So no surprise there. We've seen Little Baby have a real breakout, especially with the Drake co-sign that he got on Yes Indeed earlier in the top of the year. Looks like Drake is back in the camp once again with the song Never Recovered. Debuts at number 15 on the Hot 100. So a really big week for Little Baby and Gunna all the way to number four. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that and see. The stream's obviously still strong. Maybe we'll dip next week with once the album returns, stop showing. But in any case, you know, I mean, a top five, that's huge. Yeah, so that's number one in streaming, uh, number one in sales, and uh, number 34 in streaming, which uh, you know, it, it kind of shows you where consumption is for an artist who's been out 
for about a decade now, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Uh, Shallow goes from number 28 to number 5 on the Billboard the Hot 100. It's uh, Gaga's 15th Hot 100 Top 10, uh, Bradley Cooper's first, his first uh, Hot 100 visit. Uh, Gaga has the top four songs on the digital song sales chart. That's never happened before. One artist has never had the entire top four uh, in the same week. And again, kind of points uh, to an artist who was around a few years into the download era that if uh, maybe uh, in the 2000s you were uh, downloading Gaga songs, you might still be getting your music that way instead of streaming it. You know what's interesting to me is, um, I'll give a little insider tip about this. I kind of mentioned this last week to some folks in the editorial department, just as the preview was looking like that was going to be the case. And they all seemed really surprised that nobody had had the top four selling songs in one week. Which to me... I wouldn't. Expect, I mean, not many people don't have four singles more or less out. And of course, if you're going to buy four songs off an album, you might as well buy the whole album. Right. That's probably a part of it. Um, when people have had multiple songs in the top ten, uh, sadly, it's been uh, like when uh, after Michael Jackson died or after Prince died. So. Uh, Gladly, this is a case where uh, the the music itself is is uh, the reason people are buying it, and the power of uh, the Star Is Born movie. So, uh, yeah, pretty historic. So, uh, again, sound effect time. <laughs> Gaga gets it too. Damn! Now I feel bad for Little Baby and Gunner. They didn't get it. <laughs> So talking about Gaga, uh, with the success she's having, I can't really quantify this, but does it feel like, is she is she had a new career peak overall? Is she bigger now than maybe she was in the Just Dance poker face era? And I, I know everyone thinks back and, and you think of the meat dress and, and the gimmicks and how big those songs were, but... We we didn't know if she was just a passing fad then in those first few months. Maybe it was something we think about, oh, she had a couple hits, and then she'd be gone quickly. Uh, now, at least we know that 10 years, she's she's done jazz with Tony Bennett. She's done acting. She's now got this box office hit. We now know uh, the real scope of, of her talents. Maybe, is, is could we say she's at her biggest pop culture peak ever? Well, I don't know, because... I, mean, I guess part of it, it feels like you're you, you're playing a cumulative game. Like if you add, you know, I mean, the jazz thing was was what four or five years ago. Yeah, but we're still kind of are we? I don't know because I feel, it's interesting though because I feel like Gaga. You know, maybe she was never more in the pop culture mind or in the pop culture eye as she was in two thousand and nine, ten. When you know, of course, it was the outfits and it was the, um, you know, the 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 the. the being in the egg not you know for 72 hours before she did born this way and all these kind of things but it's funny because that of course is probably her biggest hits and and she could you know spin off top tens left and right and center but it does feel like we have this sort of conversation maybe every two years i remember when you know she did the 2000 i think it was 2015 oscars and she did the sound of music right and that was a really big success she did the national anthem at the super bowl so that was a big sort of you know four or five weeks for gaga to just the halftime show which is of course you know a huge cultural moment for the entire country and probably the biggest performance you can give in your entire career so that was sort of back on the on the map and it just feels like yes obviously this is different because um, the reception and the impact is, you know, it's not forced. People are going to watch the Super Bowl no matter what. Right. People are not going to watch A Star is Born just because, you know, they don't have to. But the fact that they've chosen to, the fact that the songs have gotten this big reception, you know, I mean, there's even Oscar buzz for her, you yeah. know, certainly a nomination. Could she even win? Yeah. So I'm sure if we look back, this will be a, obviously a huge high point in Lady Gaga's career. But I just do feel like. I mean, just just how quickly she came on the scene in 09 and 10, that was one of those things where, I mean, I, I still can't think of another artist who made that kind of impact so right. out of the gate. Right. I mean, Cardi B could come close, but even just, it just felt like all eyes were on Gaga in that moment. Yeah, it was, it was a good time for, it, timing was good because pop music was having a resurgence with Kelly Clarkson and... Uh, 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 Gaga and Katy Perry kind of came along at the same time and just really well, and also, became the faces of pop. Yeah, but also she got into that sort of, 
you know, electronic sound that was that was hot at the time. I mean, this was right around the time Black Eyed Peas are hot. So right. there's a lot of, you know, technical electronic elements. And she married the two of those for those first albums. Genius. I feel like what's a little different this time is, in, other than the Tony Bennett uh, project, uh, she, she's kind of doing this a little bit more on her own terms. Because even with the Joanne album, uh, Perfect Illusion was such a polarizing song. Uh, there were a lot of people who uh, really did think it was a good song. There were people who thought uh, she's just kind of uh, taken her uh, mainstream pop sound as far as it can go. And it just it, it didn't obviously connect the same way as some of her earlier hits. Uh, she's not chasing pop radio uh, with, with this album, uh, with the soundtrack and shallow. Uh, it's it's, it, it's going to start doing something on adult uh, radio, but it may not be a big pop radio hit. It certainly doesn't sound like anything on pop radio. So it kind of seems like at this point, she's not uh, playing the game to be popular. She's just kind of doing what she wants to do and if it's going to connect and it clearly is it kind of uh, again shows that uh, she's doing this more in her own terms than maybe ever before yeah and i agree with that i mean and she said before you know she really was an actress before she was a singer and i think you know not to give too much stock to you know awards placement in in how you validate somebody or something but i mean certainly if she were to win a golden globe or an oscar i mean you almost would de facto have to give this as the biggest year and biggest moment of her career. But, um, I mean, it's, it's regardless, you know, of whatever happens, I think it's great to see because with Joanne, it was, you know, it wasn't her best performing album. So some people were probably, you know, is she sort of on the way out? Has she had her decade and, you know, she'll kind of not have these same hits to the same level anymore. Maybe this is, you know, Gaga's biggest trick. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss yeah, interesting too that bradley cooper is in the top 10 it's not often that uh someone who's uh, primarily an actor or actress uh, is in the top 10 uh, obviously there are people who uh have done both uh, share over the years madonna uh so it, it happens uh, sometimes people uh, who are actors or actors primarily uh, do get into the top 10 of the Hot 100 uh, not that long ago, uh, 2012, 2013, Anna Kendrick and Cups from Pitch Perfect. When I'm Since you're having that water, Trevor, if you get you a few more cups, you could do your own version here. Yeah, look out for the cover. Um, it will be released on SoundCloud at the end of the month. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence came really close. She got to number 12 on the Hot 100 uh, from the Hunger Games, uh, The Hanging Tree with uh, James Newton Howard. Remember that? Are you, are you coming to the tree? They strung up a man, they say who murdered three. Strange things did happen here, no stranger would it be. If we met at midnight in the hanging tree. Almost the top ten hit. Are you, are you? Other people uh, in, in recent years haven't uh, come that close to the to the top ten, but uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, The Rock, has been on the Hot 100. Off the Moana soundtrack. Kristen Bell from Frozen, she got on the Hot 100. Uh, Meryl Streep uh, covering uh, Abba's uh, Mamma Mia that uh, got onto the Hot 100. Uh, Amy Adams, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Anne Hathaway has been on the Hot 100. Lindsay Lohan, uh, going way back uh, to the 80s, Bruce Willis had a, a top five hit with Respect Yourself. Uh, around the same time, Don Johnson had a top 10 hit, uh, also got to number five from uh, his debut album, Heartbeat, if you remember uh, the title track. 1988, Patrick Swayze, but before Ghost, he was in Dirty Dancing, and She's Like the Wind. It was a number three hit on the Hot 100. I'll do you. I'll give you a number two hit. 
back in the 80s by an actor turned semi-musician. It's our friend Eddie Murphy. All right. Party all the time. Eddie Murphy almost had a number one hit on the Hot 100. That would have been, especially like in his prime, that would have been wild. How do I deal with you? One other person who's been on the Hot 100, uh, I'm remembering, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she, number 59 hit with, with How Do I Deal. It was from I Still Don't Know What You Did Last Summer uh, from that soundtrack. For a while, really tried to have a, a music career. And she, she had a couple a couple hits uh, on the adult uh, pop side. She she toured. She came, uh, when I was working in Providence, she came to, to visit. She did a whole radio station dinner with, with, I think, different stations in the market. And uh, she was going table to table to, to meet different people. And it was taking a while. So we're all sitting around waiting for her uh, to get there. And we having dinner and, you know, a lot to drink. I'm not, you know, alcohol, just whatever we've been drinking. It was it sort of got to the point where I had to use the men's room at some point. And she was it getting sort of got to the got point. Def- or- it definitely got to the point. So uh, she's coming uh, table to table, and she's getting a little closer. She finally sits down at our table. I just got up and left. I just I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> People looked at me like, "Why?" They thought it was the, the most insane thing. Could you? I mean, seen. the minute she sits down, Gary just no words, up and out. I hope I, hope I didn't offend her. And yeah, and she never had the courage to put out another album again. Well, she I, I came back. She was still talking. It was it was it was really fun. But then uh, they they took pictures, and uh, somehow the picture I took with her it never came out. I, it's like it's it was like this weird ghost haze. But it just it wasn't meant to be. Just Jennifer Love Hewitt and I were were not meant to be. That's so sad. Gary and these celebrity encounters. We got to keep a, a running list of these because they they always have a little bit of you know a little little um. They're not good. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just just always, you know, they always just end on a little little sour note. Okay, she was nice. I remember that. Just would have liked to spend a little more time at the table with. Her. Well, speaking of sour notes, we have to uh, give a seems like a brief memoriam for our friend Drake, who, uh, of course, as you heard in the top ten countdown, and if you, of course, do not count the vocals on Sicko Mode. Drake is nowhere in the top 10 as an artist this week, unfortunately. Dun, dun, dun. Do we need a sound effect for that? So while we're talking about how massive Drake's 2018 is, that is actually the first time he's not been in the top 10 since way back at the top of the year, uh, right before God's Plan debuted at number one. So that is a run of 37 straight weeks that finally has its period. Um, but of course... If you know Drake, you know he's not very far from the top 10 really at any point in time. Looking ahead to next week, some people are thinking that he may be right back there, potentially with the song Mia with Bad Bunny, which is off to a great start at streaming. Looks like a pretty solid start at sales. Maybe a top five sales debut for the week, top it 10. debuts this week on the Hot Latin Songs chart at number nine. So he is in the top 10 somewhere, just, just not on the Hot 100 this week. Yeah, and this is one of the songs that kind of been teased for a while. I feel like we've heard a little bit about it internally for, for a bit. Um, dropped last Thursday, so of course it debuts off that one week of tracking. Next week we'll see the full returns. Also another song to watch out for that could be coming for a pretty high position is the song uh, ZZ with Kodak Black, Travis Scott, and Offset. Uh, that song currently number one on Spotify, even ahead of Mia, so it seems like it's kind of that kind of like, I guess all these winter songs, for whatever reason, Mia and ZZ have this like summery kind of feel to it, like it's got ZZ has like the, the steel drums beat and everything. It's like, yeah. how are these songs dropping in? I guess you made them in June or July, yeah. but they're dropping in November. In any case, uh, yeah, definitely two to watch out for next week. Well, I've finally gotten out the the, the fall jacket, so we kind of need it now, if nothing else. I guess maybe it's like a mental trick to make you think it's you know yeah. warmer than it is. So um, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, Drake uh, singing in Spanish on uh, Mia. We, we asked Pamela, who uh, in the Billboard charts department oversees our Latin charts. We, we we asked her, is this does he do a good job singing Spanish? She she gave it her uh, thumbs up. She says absolutely does a good job on that song. All right, Drake. You know you know Drake is sort of a cultural chameleon at this point to uh, some people's dismay, but. You know, again, he he just when he goes all in on a culture, you know, he can make it work. Um, also, before we move on for Hot 100, I want to give a quick shout out to somebody I think deserves some praise. We got our friend Halsey debuting number 18 with the song Without Me. Also, the song Eastside, her collab with Biddy Blanco, Khalid, 
moves up into the top 20 this week. So, you know, of course, while we're giving Drake and Cardi and all the people shout outs, it's worth noting Halsey has two top 20 songs this week. So uh, even, you know, even though the album has been out for a while now and these are not album singles, you know, even in even in the uh, off cycle, Halsey's still able to put out hits. It's like one, two, three, just as easy as can be. Just the way you look at me, make me smile. Ain't no need to complicate it. We both know that's overrated. We've been there, it's safe to say it ain't our style. It's just that simple, S I N P L E, simple as can be. It's just that simple, S I N P L E, simple as can be. Right. Uh, beyond the Hot 100, new number one for Florida Georgia Line on Billboard's Country Airplay chart this week. Uh, Simple, it's their 14th number one, and uh, that puts them uh, into uh, higher territory among groups and duos uh, all time on that chart. Uh, Brooks and Dunn have the most number ones with 20, but now Florida Georgia Line is tied with Rascal Flats uh, in second place among uh, duos or groups with uh, 14 number ones apiece. So uh, Meant to Be is still number one for a 46th week on uh, the overall Hot Country Songs chart, which uh, combines uh, airplay, streaming, and sales. Country airplay is, is radio airplay. Uh, very different song. This one is more uh, more organic, more uh, traditionally country. And uh, Florida Georgia Line, uh, Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard were on the podcast recently. Uh, Jim Asker in Nashville interviewed them, and they talked specifically about this song and the sound of the song. This is a song we actually wrote a year ago, so it's been around for a while. We've kind of been sitting on it, but... Uh... You know, we wrote it while we were on the road in the back of the Tree Vibes bus, which is our publishing company that uh, that has a tour bus that we pretty much a studio on wheels. And so, uh, so we're fortunate enough to BK and I to get to bring some some of our writers out and uh, hang out and get to write. So that's where that song was born, and uh, we got together again in the studio uh, with Joey, our producer, and kind of um, kind of brought it to life even more and kind of made some tweaks on it and tried to make it as good as possible but yeah we just uh it just lended itself to kind of to kind of go in that way with the organic feel and uh more americana if you will but i think it's just a good feel good summer jam that's also a good reminder for us and everybody that's listening to it just to kind of get back to the the basics and the simple things in life and kind of be present and not get too distracted and just uh you know, it's just it feels like the right time for this song and something that BK and I are super excited about. And you guys co-wrote it with we did with a couple of buddies, Michael Hardy and uh, Mark, Mark Holman. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think it's much. You know, people say it's like a change of direction. I don't think it's it's necessarily that. It's just a, something else that we do. You know, I think it, I think it works for FGL, and and that's you know hopefully that's the goal. Every time you, you turn on an FGL song, it sounds like FGL. It shouldn't sound out of place, and I think hopefully we did that. All right, and hopping over to the adult R&B songs chart, we've got another new number one for you. The song is Best Part by Daniel Caesar featuring her. This song, interesting, its trajectory is really kind of mind-boggling how slow and consistent a build it's been for a while. It, it had some some play on the, uh, on, on the mainstream side for a little bit, obviously then crossing over to the adult, but but it's a song that's been out for a while. I mean, it's already had over 40 weeks on the uh, hot R&B songs chart. Daniel Caesar, of course, coming out last year with the album Freudian, uh, up for two Grammys at the top of the year. So he's been somebody that's been really critically appreciated, especially in this new era of R&B that is much, I mean, much slower, much more subdued um, between Daniel Caesar, acts like her. Uh, it's it's a really interesting time for for the new guard to take over. But um, yeah, the song hits number one this week uh, for the first time, and her actually was number one two weeks ago with her own song, Focus, and I didn't realize this, you know, and kind of goes to show how, in a way, slow-moving the R&B market is. That number one between Focus and Best Part, that two-week gap, is the shortest between any artist having two different number ones since 2009, when Maxwell actually replaced himself, uh, when Pretty Wings and Bad Habits so, you know, for most people, I mean, it takes a little while to get a single up the adult R&B chart, and then the next one doesn't really catch on. This is not a fast-moving chart, sort of like pop songs, Hot 100. I mean, best part hitting number one in its 24th week. That's you know, six months on the chart before it's number one. That's that's more the pace for this chart. Well, it's like uh, 
mainstream adult contemporary a lot of older songs in the mix so there aren't that many currents so uh yeah they're gonna work in a little bit slowly so it's yeah not like top 40 where the format mostly is uh, new music so you're gonna see uh, these these slower uh, rises uh yeah a lot of these acts you mentioned haven't broken through to the mainstream it feels like lma is is kind of the outlier with boot up where that's a, sort of an old school r&b song that did cross over to the top five of the hot 100 and, and pop radio it feels like um hip-hop is still just totally overshadowing r&b at this point uh when it comes to mainstream crossover yeah it's a weird kind of phenomenon i think in the past couple of years that the internet has sort of opened up this lane of where you know you can you can exist and you can you know be well streamed and well supported i think there's a lot of people out there who listen to artists like you know chance the rapper was kind of in this this vein for a while uh daniel caesar i mean you know justin bieber is singing to him like you know in, in that video from Lollapalooza. so justin bieber knows about him and you know is a big fan and i know many people who like stream her and, and daniel caesar and uh, Kaylani and some of these people who haven't found that radio mainstream breakthrough. Right. I guess maybe it probably is something about the the music and the style that sometimes it's a little too moody, and maybe people think that you know people don't want to hear too much moodiness or too much ethereal or you know whatnot on the radio while they're driving to work. Maybe they just want to hear some you know some upbeat bops, kind of you know something like being booed up, like being booed up, yeah. But yeah, because of course LMA is in a different sort of, you know, her sound isn't quite as um, like ethereal, yeah. I guess, or, or whimsical in a way that, that I think a Caesar and a her, you know, kind of make you feel. SZA to some extent, too. So it's just that new generation of R&B, you know, that's that's um, oddly enough what the people want. But I guess radio thinks that's not what the people want. Back to uh, someone who's been a part of uh, R&B hip hop uh, for uh, decades now. Uh, first number one on Dance Club Songs was back in 1986 with "When I Think of You." It was also her first Hot 100 number one. Uh, that's a piece of Janet Jackson's new number one, "Made for Now" with Daddy Yankee. Uh, number one on Dance Club Songs. It's her 20th number one. So fourth all time. She's the fourth artist in that chart's history to get at least 20 number ones. So Madonna leads with 46. Rihanna 32 number ones. Beyonce 22. And uh, it took a while for Janet to get uh, to that 20th one. She uh, last led in 2010. So now, uh, eight years later, she's back at number one. So I, I know you always think uh, R&B, hip-hop, you think pop, but Janet Jackson, huge dance clubs for uh, since 1986 now. Because you got a heart so big It can crush this town And I can't And a couple uh, interesting uh, debuts on the rock charts this week. Just heard a little bit of Walls by the Lumineers. Uh, going a little bit deep into the Tom Petty catalog for that one. That was a number one adult alternative songs hit in 1996. And Lumineers have put their uh, spin on that song. Debuts at number 45 on the Hot Rock Songs chart this week. It kind of feels like in the last year or so we've seen a lot of tributes to to uh, Tom Petty after, uh, uh, sadly, we lost him uh, about a year ago. So a lot of acts uh, kind of just uh, finding different uh, songs that were big hits, weren't big hits, and uh, just uh, showing how much they loved his music by uh, by doing tributes. So uh, Luminaires debut with Walls, and uh, this song is new on the Alternative Songs track. So you know by that song, clearly Smashing Pumpkins. So uh, they debut at number 40 on Alternative Songs. Is that, uh, you know, kind of apropos for Halloween coming up? People going to be smashing some pumpkins? Let's go. Well, I was... Uh, yeah. I made a joke uh, in, in writing about this in, in the magazine this week. I said, everything turns pumpkin spiced. So the chart should be too. Smashing pumpkins. Be 
beautiful. 10 out of 10, Gary. Your uh, best work. Uh, what's actually funny about this song is uh, the video features, uh, it, it has Smashing Pumpkins in a haunted house. They're doing a, a fake radio promotion. Uh, this is the DJ for the radio station. This is Z109. Hey, what's up, everybody? With a cherry on top, this is Jackie Cherry for Z109, where the hits keep coming and coming and, oh, baby, coming. And, oh, do we have a treat in store for you tonight? Which brings us to our very special guest, the Smashing Pumpkins. Recognize that voice? You probably wouldn't just recognize that voice from here. This is uh, uh, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray being a, a cheesy as possible radio teacher. And now we're going to jump into our Hot 100 Time Machine. We're going to flashback, looking at a 1964 classic. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, we are about to speak to Martha Reeves of Martha and the Vandellas on the iconic song Dancing in the Street, which really has to be one of the biggest songs that uh, ever came out of the Motown factory up in Detroit. So we spoke with Miss Reeves um, a little bit about the song and its creation. And in particular, you know, one thing I think a lot of people may not know is that the song was never initially intended for Martha and the Vandellas. In fact, it was actually supposed to be recorded by one of the song's co-writers, and that would just happen to be the late, great Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye was actually singing uh, Dancing in the Street, but it was like a love song, like he was singing to some girl. Like, calling out around the world, are you ready for a brand new beat, baby? In the Marvin Gaye style. And I was standing there in the doorway of Studio A, because that's what we did. And Marvin had sang it two or three times as I stood there observing. Because if you were in the studio, there was always an artist standing outside of the Studio A door saying, well, if they can't get it in one or two tapes, we could do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was standing there in awe of Marvin, because I did follow him around. He was such a fantastic artist. He was good looking, too. That helped. But Always uh, does, right? And so I was standing there watching Marvin sing it, and he saw me and evidently felt that I could do the song because he said, hey, man, let's try this song on Martha. And I was so and I was in awe of him and shocked that he would even mention my name or give me such a fine song. When I heard it, I remembered the trumpets. The track was already recorded. The trumpets reminded me of, of uh, Madrid, uh, the Spain. It reminded me of the bullfights that we had been to. It gets your attention. That, 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 that intro. And when I heard it, I just felt that it meant more than just dancing in the street. It meant a, a freedom, uh, a release of joy, uh, something that could get you started in a party really, really, really good. And uh, thought about my childhood. Dancing in the street, we, that's where we had our recreation. My father worked for the city. He would block off the streets uh, with police permission uh, with uh, horses and yellow tape, and we could dance on our street without being afraid of cars or buses or trucks running over <laughs> on Saturday. And uh, the families would feed the, the neighborhood from their houses, and they would have record players on their porches. I'm not speaking of woofers and tweeters, you know, the sound of the day that can wake up a nation. Uh, just uh, record players, 45, uh, 33 and a third records placed on a, a, a machine and, and just played on each other's porches, but having a good time in the street. So when I started singing it, that's what came to my mind, the fact that our, our neighborhood celebrated, uh, uh, you know, locally right there in our neighborhood, block to block. Um, dancing in the street. All right, so it was supposed to be really, you know, it's kind of hard to maybe imagine now that we know it is this sort of big worldwide social anthem, but, you know, Marvin was going to do it a little more romantically, you know, just kind of maybe a rom-com, late night, me and you dancing in the street kind of vibe. Um, but when Martha Reeves stepped to the mic, she really, you know, that's what she was really feeling is, is more of the social message behind it. And so this is what was going through her mind 
as she says, when she stepped to the mic and the things she was thinking of when interpreting the song. So when I started singing it, uh, I asked him if I could sing it the way I felt it because Marvin was sort of romantic and I wanted to be more of a, of a call to party uh, person. I wanted to have it uh, just awaken everybody to come on, calling out around the world. And that's what it has done. And all these 54 years, I'm still having a good time. And it still gets that same reaction when we're on stage. All right, so that was her plan when she went and sang it. And she actually sang it. Funny enough, though, um, you'll never, ever, 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 ever hear that rendition, that that, that very first uh, initial plan that she had with the song. Because one of those great moments you got to love that nobody turned the tape on. (laughs) So uh, here's the story about that first take that is forever lost to history and uh, retooling it up for round two, which is the version that we all know and love today. My second take was straight through because the first time I did it, I was told that the machine wasn't on. So Lawrence Horn looked up and said, hey, man, we didn't record that first take. So I was a little upset when I said, oh, God, I got to do it again because I thought I nailed it. I thought I was magic. And um, when I did it again, it was all the way through without any stops. And recording artists knows what it's like. You have to punch, punch, punch in and try to sing it again or get that line because you didn't quite nail it. I nailed the song all the way through without any kind of hesitation in my heart or spirit because I knew I had nailed that song the first time. So th- that's why you hear the little urgency and a little cry in my voice. But I knew that I had gotten a hold of a hit record Thank God. In particular, you know, we know it, of course, nowadays is just this sort of this fun party song calling out around the world, you know, name checking a lot of cities around the country and some even overseas. But if context is king, we have to remember this song was coming out in 1964. This is the summer the Civil Rights Act is being signed. We've had, you know, years of, of tension and strife in the middle of the civil rights movement. And Oddly enough, maybe it sounds kind of foreign today to us, but there were a fair number of critics who interpreted this song not really as a social come together, but more of like a call to arms, really a mobilizing effort, you know. So even though that might seem like crazy to us today, and it seems like it's crazy to Martha Reeves, but there were some who really took this song as a political statement, particularly here. There were there were uh, riots and uprisings in every major city. It started uh, uh, a tour. Uh, that we went on after it was recorded. We went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Ralph Brown was running through there with some of his Freedom Riders. And uh, we did our performance and went from there to uh, New York, got to New York, and there was an uprising there. <laughs> and uh, we left New York and went to Los Angeles. We were on tour, mind you. We went to Los Angeles. There was a riot r- in, in, in uh, Watts. It was all about the fact that we have to get to uh, the uh, serious situation of police brutality. Here in Detroit, if you, they had a rule in the 60s if you were gathered on the corner and you were African-American of uh, people of color, that you couldn't be two or three or four actually singing on the street corners. We were doo-woppers. And if they, we, we had gathered at any, for any length of time singing under the street corner lights, uh, a, a unit of policemen called the Big Four would ride by in what they called the Black Mariah, which was a minivan, but it would have four big, white, rough, uh, gun-toting, uh, baton-yielding police to jump out and to scatter you. And if you rebel, they would put you in jail. They would throw you in the back of that Mariah and take you and jail you just for assembling. And uh, things like that had to occur maybe in every major city, uh, trying to keep control, I guess, of the people, and the majority of people, especially those who would gather and who would actually <laughs> sing <laughs> on, the, on the street corners. So that, I knew that had to come to an end, uh, the pushing around. And, and uh, I remember there was a time when there was a governor who would actually allow his people, his citizens, to yield axe handles. And, and beat someone in the head if they felt like it. It would be okay to hit someone in the head with an axe handle. I mean, we came to a rebellious um, time trying to be free, trying to have just the liberty 
of uh, walking the street together and on the corners or or getting together and and uh, and and saying and 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 have a good time uh freedom of of uh, energy and and uh entertainment uh pleasure that's <laughs> what i could say some of the pleasures of life um so it was go- it was inevitable it was going to happen and uh if they wanted to blame dancing in the street for anything it actually calmed the rebellion it got people to think more about rejoicing and singing and having um, fun as opposed to fighting or uh, reacting to brutality and uh, unlawful uh, uh, intentions, uh, you know, uh, that offended most of us because we, I don't think uh, we were um, meaning uh, doing any harm, getting together and singing or shooting dice or whatever one would do as they gathered on street corners. I'm, I'm speaking in, in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's better now. <laughs> it's um, between uh, the hippie movement, where everybody kind of said, hey, I'm your neighbor, <laughs> love me. Um, what we went through the uh, hip-hop music and, and, and the latest uh, music, is, is, if you could call it that, rap, uh, freedom of speech, Freedom of, of uh, and the liberty of enjoying music and and expressing oneself and uniting, which is what dancing in the street does. Um, I, I I feel that it has made a big impact and has been a good influence on people getting together and un- unifying, unity, getting along. All right, so it seems like, you know, despite the controversy, that obviously did not affect the song in the long run, and of course, it's still a classic today. So much of a classic, really, that a lot of artists, and particularly rock artists, have gravitated towards this song over the past decades. Uh, some of the biggest covers of this track have been by rock artists. Uh, we'll run through a few of them real quick, and Miss Reese will comment on some of them. The Mamas and the Papas did a pretty faithful version of the original. Van Halen, at the top of the 80s, actually hit the Hot 100 with their cover. But, of course, the most famous version you know, surely has to be the David Bowie Mick Jagger team up that they did for Live Aid in 1985, uh, raised money for charity and returned the song all the way to the top 10 of the Hot 100. So this is just over 20 years after the original came out, the original hitting number two on the Hot 100. This Jagger Bowie remake getting all the way to number seven. They had fun in that video. They did, and you know it's funny. Um, you know, even though it's twenty years later, Martha says she has something that may have worked out if she had been in the clip too. I've seen videos that I wish I were in, with uh, you know Mick Jagger and Dave Boy dancing in the street in their uh, paisley shirts. I have a dress I could have worn and danced with them, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not my it's not my song. It's it's a universal song. It's a song that everybody embraces. And fifty four years, every show. It's time to dance in the street. People automatically get out of their seats and party. And um, I'm very, very happy to have been a part of this music movement. She would have had to fight for screen time with them in that video. Yeah, I mean, obviously, two of the most charismatic artists we've probably ever seen. So, uh, you know, but hey, you know, we've seen other times where they've they've thrown in a little tribute. So uh, maybe could have been. All right. Uh, really nice. You're able to get some time with uh, Martha talking about uh, really one of the most iconic songs uh, in Motown history and uh, kind of maybe be surprising to some people. Number two hit didn't get to number one, but again, that's not always uh, the legacy of a song. Uh, people just love that song years later and uh, just, uh, just yeah, one of the biggest uh, biggest Motown hits ever. Yeah, and uh, you know, the song actually was blocked from number one by Do Diddy by Manfred Mann. Uh, but Martha did say at the top of the conversation, you know, it really felt like a number one song. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, I, I don't want to get into. I'm not going to render a verdict on which song is more memorable or more iconic. But you know, it goes to show that yeah, sometimes the uh, the ones who lose the sprint end up winning the marathon over time. All right. Uh, next week we're going to flash back, not quite back uh, as far. Uh, Little John is going to be our our flashback guest next week. Yeah. So <laughs> well. We're going to switch gears a lot. Yeah, uh, we'll go from 60s Motown to uh, 2000s Kronk. We'll be talking with Lil John about another iconic track, especially if you were in middle school or high school at any point in 2002, the song Get Low, which really helped put 
the subgenre of crunk on the map. So we'll get into that. Um, kind of with as along the same lines as with uh, Marvin Gaye and Martha, we'll find out which producer actually was the real inspiration behind Get Low. So you'll be a little surprised to wonder, you know, without this act, Get Low may have never existed. And of course, we'll talk about Chappelle's show, the parody that really launched Little John into pop culture fame, and all those things will be coming up next week. All right, we'll find out uh, Hot 100 wise if uh, Maroon 5 is still number one. There's a, a new video uh, for the song that's coming as well that could help it uh, streaming wise. Uh, Juice World is number two again with uh, Lucid Dreams. Kenny still got there. Uh, we'll find out. Better now. Uh, Post Malone, the video came out. And uh, as you said, uh, Trevor, uh, new, uh, new music by Drake with uh, Bad Bunny, Mia. And uh, ZZ by Kodak Black, Travis Scott, and Offset could all uh, be challenging in the top ten next week. All right, only appropriate that we started the last segment with the first top ten version of Dancing in the Street, Martha and the Vandellas. Only appropriate that we should close with the other version that introduced the song to an entirely new generation. So here we go, 1985 version, as done by David Bowie and Mick Jagger. This is Dancing in the Street. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. 